Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. In segment four, my featured guest is going to be David Dunn. He's the president and CEO of Athletes First. He's the agent for NFL stars Carson Palmer, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Hasselbeck, and new Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez. We'll also discuss the collective bargaining agreement for the NFL and some changes that may be in store for that. And then I'll talk to David Dunn about... The life of being a sports agent, a lot of people think it's glamorous, but uh, I know otherwise, and we'll talk to David Dunn about that. That's coming up in segment four. A couple of other notes, visit my sports business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com. Become our Facebook friend and follow me via Twitter. Just visit my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. Link to the Sports Business Radio Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm joined in studio by my producer, Bobby Corser. Bobby, we're excited to be debuting a new segment on the show this week, coming up in segment three. It's called Sweet Success, and it's sponsored by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. If you listen to our show regularly, you're probably familiar with our Caught in the Crosslight segment, where we examine a PR nightmare from the world of sports. Well, Sweet Success, sponsored by Moose Tracks Ice Cream, is the opposite. In the Sweet Success segment, We'll highlight a successful strategy from the world of sports business. So we'll keep things on the positive side. I want to thank Moose Tracks Ice Cream for joining the Sports Business Radio family. And I consider myself an ice cream aficionado. And I'll tell you that Moose Tracks Ice Cream is out of this world. I encourage you to go online to moosetracks.com. Click on their store locator at the top of the page to find out where Moose Tracks Ice Cream is sold in your city. Bobby, some epic NBA games this week. I'll tell you the Game 6 Celtics-Bulls triple overtime game, one of the best NBA playoff games I've ever seen. Absolutely. You know, it's been great to finally see the NBA get back into competitive basketball. I mean, sometimes you have a series where 8-1, it's not fun. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament, the 1-16 versus seed. Not this year in the NBA. All the games have been pretty good. Well, we've got lots of headlines coming up. We're going to cover everything from TV ratings for the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. We'll even tell you how the swine flu has affected the world of sports. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training, sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center, passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. 
back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headline, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one, the NFL Draft, another smashing success. The draft aired on ESPN and ESPN2, also the NFL Network, but ESPN and ESPN2, it was the most viewed draft in ESPN's 30-year history of televising the event. 36.7 million people tuned in to watch at least part of the 15 and a half hours of NFL draft coverage, the highest number ever in ESPN history for the draft uh, an increase of 5% from last year's 34.8 million viewers. Now, an interesting tidbit that we learned after the draft is that the NFL is considering giving the first round its own day in a primetime TV slot next year. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell this week said that the league is discussing the possibility of staging the first round of the 2010 draft on a Thursday evening, the second and third rounds on Friday evening and the final four rounds on Saturday. Bobby, uh, what were your thoughts on the draft coverage? Fifteen and a half hours. I watched a lot of the beginning, but, uh, you know, I couldn't sit there for 15 and a half hours. But I'll tell you, I know so many people that just were glued to the TV and watched that over the NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. You know, it was... It is, and it will always be must-see TV because you want to know how your team's going to fare in the first round. As a Lions fan, I'm stoked to win with Stafford, but I like the fact that the Yankees-Red Sox game went even longer than the first round in the NFL draft because, listen, as a sports guy, you're flipping back and forth. There's stuff to do in between picks. If you can go over and see a great baseball game and still come back, you're in heaven. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether they take this thing to prime time or not. I guess you could say in prime time you usually get more viewers, especially on a Thursday night. But you could also argue that there's more people around on a Saturday on the weekend because you're not working. Not that you're working on a Thursday night, but you have to get up for work on Friday. And uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's almost like if it's not broken, why fix it? If you got more viewers than you've ever gotten before, 36.7 million this year. Why do you feel the need to change it and try and get more? I don't know. You know, I'll play the other side of it. Why not try it? Just see what would happen. I mean, listen, it's only one year. You can always go back to the Saturday-Sunday combination. I'd like to see it happen. The one thing that did not change is the rookie contracts grow bigger and bigger. And the top pick, Matthew Stafford, signs a rookie record six-year $78 million deal. About $40 million of that is guaranteed. We're going to talk to... Uh, the agent for Mark Sanchez, who was drafted with the number five pick by the New York Jets, and uh, the Jets traded with Cleveland to jump up and take that pick. And Sanchez, I'm assuming, is going to get a very big contract as well. That's David Dunn. He's coming up in segment four. He's also the agent for Aaron Rodgers, the Packers quarterback, Carson Palmer, the Bengals quarterback, and many other prominent NFL players. So that's coming up in Segment four. All right, our next headline, NBA and NHL playoff TV ratings. Let's start with the NHL. They report a 22% increase in viewers on versus in the first round. They averaged about a 0.4 cable rating or about 333,163 households or 442,301 viewers. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. They got a 0.3 0.3 last year. They're excited about getting a 0.4 this year. 
Again, the NFL draft, the NBA playoffs, even the spelling bee blows away the ratings of NHL playoffs. But, Bobby, this is going to be where I'm really watching the NHL TV ratings. This week, we're going to see the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby and the Washington Capitals and Alex Ovechkin, the two biggest household names in the NHL, face off against each other. This is Kobe LeBron. This is Brady Manning for the NHL. It doesn't get any bigger for the NHL as far as their stars going head-to-head. If they can't attract the casual fan for this matchup, they never will. You know, And these two do not like each other. No, it's, they don't. It's been documented. That adds just a whole other storyline. But listen, the NHL playoffs are compelling if you are a hockey fan. It doesn't always draw on the casual fan until you get to the Stanley Cup Finals. But this is something the NHL has been hoping for. Finally, they have somebody to market. Finally, they have a series to throw out there and be like, listen, come see what playoff hockey is all about. Well, and some of the games at least will be on NBC. So it's a little easier to find NBC than it is versus. Now, the NBA playoffs, they're celebrating their silver anniversary year on TNT. And the ratings have been very, very good through April 26th. Uh, they're up 4% from last year. Again, doesn't sound like a lot, but that's about uh, 2.97 million viewers on average tuning into a game. Now, again, let's compare that to what I just told you about headline number one, the NFL draft. 36.7 million viewers for the draft, about 2.9 million viewers for an NBA playoff game. A stark difference and really shows you the power of of the NFL. Our next headline, finally, the Steinbrenners get a clue. The New York Yankees slashed prices on premium seats this week. It's been well documented. If you watch any Yankees games, you see all the empty seats. It's like a little moat right around the the backstop there. You see all the empty seats and it looks terrible on TV. Well, those seats have been going for $2,500 a piece. We all know the economy is in the tank. And even in New York, they've had a hard time selling those $2,500 tickets. So, lo and behold, the Yankees, oh, they really did us all a favor, and they dropped those seats to a price of $1,200 now. And only in New York would they think that $1,200 is a deal for a seat. But it'll be interesting. They're doing some other giveaways and promotions and things to try and attract people to those seats so it doesn't look so empty on TV. And the thing I'll say about this, Bobby, is Don Garber, the commissioner of Major League Soccer, about a week ago, really struck a chord with the Steinbrenners and the Yankees when he called further attention to those empty seats. And the Steinbrenners struck back at Don Garber and said he should worry about his own league and he doesn't draw as many people as we draw in a season for his entire league. And But just a few days later... The Yankees do an about-face, and they slash their ticket prices. I would love to see some sponsor come up to the Yankees and say, listen, I know you're not selling the seats down in the moat. I want to sponsor the Yankee moat. I want to kick you some cash. Well, I don't so think every- anyone's calling it officially the moat. Well, I mean, listen, SportsCenter references it. Fox Sports references it as the moat. We referenced it as the Yankee moat. Why not? That'd be a great PR stunt, would it not? Who would be the sponsor of that? I say Geico. Geico? Or like Carnival Cruise Lines or... Something. Get away. (laughs) Southwest Airlines would be great. Yeah, well, a lot of people have been getting away from those seats because they can't afford them. The average attendance at the new $1.5 billion Yankee Stadium is down 44,502 fans. That's down about 12.2% 
compared to the same point last year. So 12%, that's a lot. And again, you know, your premium seats are the seats you're getting the most amount of money for. That's your highest price real estate. So if those are going empty, that's very bad news. So it'll be interesting to see how those seats sell now that they've lowered the price and they're doing some other promotions. Our next headline, the swine flu. Everyone's walking around with masks on their faces. I'm looking every day on the internet and on TV, radio. You can't go anywhere without hearing about the swine flu. Well, the sports in Texas and Alabama, the prep sports, have been canceled this week because of the fear of the swine flu. And soccer matches in Mexico have been moved out of the country, in some cases to Colombia. I don't know if that's any safer, but I guess it's it's out of Mexico. So, Bobby, I guess, you know, there's no cases that we know of where anyone involved with sports or at a sporting event has gotten the swine flu. Commissioner David Stern of the NBA weighed in this week and said they had had discussions about it and they have a plan in place in case someone got the swine flu at a playoff game or something like that. But, you know, right now, even though a lot of people are on edge about this, as far as sports is concerned, you know, I don't see that it's kept anyone away from the NHL or the NBA playoffs or any big sporting events. You know, I agree. Listen, we go through the flu season here in the U.S. all the time. Every winter, listen, you're still going to football games. You're still going to basketball games. You're still going to sporting events. Unless it's a massive pandemic, I don't really see sports being affected by this all too much. Although Vice President Biden didn't do anyone any favors this week when he got on TV and talked about, well, if you don't need to be on an airplane or an in in closed place, uh, probably not the best idea to do so if you're out in the middle of a field it's a lot it's a lot safer if someone sneezes and, and things of that nature so you know look i like joe biden he's he's a straight shooter and uh maybe he was a little too candid with his comments but uh it certainly didn't help to squash fears in this country and you know president obama during his news conference said the u.s government is ready and you know what i trust him i hope we are yeah i'm sure we are all right the last headline of the week This used to be, like, one of the top headlines, but now no one talks about it anymore. The run for the roses, the Kentucky Derby this weekend, and ticket sales are down. You know, NBC is going to be showing the event, but I am not hearing any kind of buzz, not hearing any sponsor buzz. Supposedly, the Derby people have uh, taken out extra ads, and they're doing things on bus sides and billboards, and but... I'm just not seeing it, and I'm not hearing people talk about it, and I'm not hearing the anticipation for it. And, you know, with people cutting back on travel and entertainment and things like that, you just wonder what this will do to attendance and to the handle at this year's Derby. You know, it's funny. We talked about this last year, and I talked to a good friend of mine who is really into horses. She says what Eight Bells did for that race last year, just the story leading up, not even talking about what happened after the race, but leading up to it, that horse single-handedly saved it last year. There is no compelling story going into the Derby this year. Well, Seriously. Just like we were talking about the NFL discussing the possibility of going to a Thursday night prime time, the Kentucky Derby and NBC are also discussing the possibility of moving the race up a few hours and airing it in prime time on a Saturday night when more people could possibly tune in. Again, prime time. Ratings are usually better than during the day. So we'll see what the ratings are this year. I imagine they'll be very average at best. And then I'm sure next year we'll hear about maybe this would be better in prime time. I think horse racing is in the tank. A lot of the tracks are in the tank. People, again, don't have money to gamble. 
So they're not gambling as much, and I think horse racing is in a world of hurt. You know, I totally agree with you, but if I'm going to make a pick for the race, I've been told if it's wet conditions, pick a light-colored horse with spots on it. I'm not kidding. I've been told those are the horses that will win the race on Saturday. There he is, Bobby Corser, Sports Business Radio's horse handicapper. Uh, Listen to what he says. I'm not going to listen, and I'm not betting on the race, but uh, maybe Bobby will win you some money. All right, coming up next. We are going to debut a new segment here on Sports Business Radio. It's called Sweet Success. It's brought to you by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. And you're going to like this segment. We're going to focus on a success story, a successful winning strategy in the world of sports business. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. I've got a confession to make. I'm a sucker for good ice cream. There's nothing better than watching a sporting event while enjoying an ice cream cone, or better yet, fixing an ice cream sundae with my daughter. Lucky for me, I found an indulgent ice cream at an affordable price. Moose Tracks ice cream comes in a variety of flavors, including chocolate moose tracks, extreme moose tracks, mint moose tracks, and of course, original moose tracks, just to name a few. What's my favorite moose tracks ice cream flavor? It's chocolate moose tracks which is chocolate ice cream with peanut butter cups and famous Moose Tracks fudge. For a chocoholic and peanut butter lover like me, it's heaven. What's your favorite Moose Tracks flavor? To find the Moose Tracks branded store nearest you, check out the store locator at moosetracks.com. That's M-O-O-S-E-T-R-A-C-K-S dot com. Or find the Moose Tracks banner on our website at sportsbusinessradio.com. Moose Tracks ice cream, the official ice cream of Sports Business Radio. Success. I have great news for you. How sweet it is. Right on, sweet sister. Time to highlight a winning move from the world of sports business. Oh, man, that's sweet. Sports Business Radio presents Sweet Success. That'd be sweet. Brought to you by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. To find Moose Tracks at a store near you, check out the store locator at moosetracks.com. Very happy to be debuting the Sweet Success segment here on Sports Business Radio, brought to you by Moose Tracks Ice Cream. Go to moosetracks.com, click on the store locator to find the store in your city selling Moose Tracks Ice Cream. Bobby, my favorite flavor of Moose Tracks, it's chocolate, and chocolate has like the famous Moose Tracks fudge in it, and then my favorite part about it is it's got the little peanut butter cups in it, and I am a sucker for peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. So getting Moose Tracks on board... uh, is a little extra special for me. You know, it is really sweet success. We get to taste the different types of ice cream they have. Personally, I love the mint moose tracks. I'm a mint fan anyway, so this is just perfect for me. Love the chocolate, the moose tracks thing. You know what are supposedly the moose tracks while you follow the little peanut butter cups? It's oh, I just I love the stuff. It's I'm I'm not lying. I love this stuff. All right, so we're each going to put on like 20 pounds uh, with moose tracks as the new sponsor of the sweet success segment. All right, so. Part of this segment is going to be focusing on a successful winning sports business strategy. And what we want to talk about this week is some strategies that the Los Angeles Dodgers are utilizing. We all know that the economy is in decline. The sports world has had to become more creative than ever in an effort to get fans to part with the entertainment dollar. So, wanted to talk to you this week about some things that the Los Angeles Dodgers are doing that we think are winning, successful 
sports business strategies. So starting this week, fans will have the opportunity to sit in Manny Wood. It's an area named to honor left fielder Manny Ramirez. Field level seats, fair of the foul pole in left field, will be sold in pairs with exclusive Manny Wood t-shirts for $99. Manny Ramirez wears number 99. The seats... Uh, The closest to the Dodgers left fielder are in sections 51 and 53. Fans can order online at dodgers.com slash Mannywood. And the limited edition Mannywood t-shirts are only available through this promotion. So what they're doing is they're packaging some things together. And you get to sit in the Mannywood section and you pay $99 and you get a Mannywood t-shirt. And the Mannywood section is just one of the innovative things that the Dodgers are offering their ticket holders this season. The club is soon going to begin the sale of three new Dodger all-inclusive offers that include tickets, novelties, food, beverage, and parking. And again, Bobby, when people go to games, they want it to be about more than just the experience. They want a t-shirt. They want a bobblehead. They want some kind of a food and beverage discount or deal. Um, so the Dodgers have also lowered the price of the popular all-you-can-eat right field Pavilion. It was very successful last year. So for 70, the club's 81 home games, the price is $25 per person, and it's all you can eat. So you can eat hot dogs and, you know, have all the the beverages, non-alcoholic beverages that you want. But, you know, I will put the Dodger dog up against any hot dog in any venue in America. And I'm not a hot dog guy, but the Dodger dog, there's something about it that is just out of this world. So if I know I can go to a Dodger game and I can down, you know, a Coke and a few Dodger dogs, I'm more than happy and I feel like I'm getting my value. Absolutely. And listen, anytime that you can get a package deal, hot dog, beverage, decent seat for a decent amount, you're going to have people respond. I know in Detroit, they do like two hot dogs, two drinks, and two seats for like 22 bucks. Listen, it's expensive to take families to baseball games, but this is a, a great way to get people into the ballpark. So other things the Dodgers are doing, they're going to uh, debut the right field pavilion, uh, the Warner Brothers branded sections theme for various feature films. So again, this is Los Angeles. It's Hollywood. It's movie town. So fans who sit in the Terminator Salvation section, this upcoming homestand will receive a Terminator promotional item along with their ticket. So again, it's a, a value add. When you buy something, it's not just going to the game. You're now getting something with a movie theme attached to it for Dodger games. And then, finally, another popular package returning for the Dodgers fans is the Coca-Cola Family 4-Pack. That's four tickets, four Dodger dogs, four Cokes, and that starts at $68. And again, if you want to learn more about these specials, go to Dodgers.com slash special. So that is our maiden voyage of the sweet success segment. We like what the Dodgers are doing. think it's good ways to attract fans to the ballpark. And God knows Major League Baseball needs to come up with creative ways because attendance is down big time across Major League Baseball. We want to thank Moose Tracks Ice Cream. Go to moosetracks.com. Click on the store locator to find the store nearest you where you can find Moose Tracks Ice Cream. All right, coming up next, David Dunn. He's the president and CEO of Athletes First. He's the agent for new Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez. We'll talk to him. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio.
Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. Not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. One-on-one with those making the big-time decisions that impact your sport. This is Sports Sense on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio. My guest is David Dunn. He's the president and CEO of Athletes First and the agent for new New York Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez, as well as for other NFLers, including Bengals quarterback Carson Palmer, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, and Seahawks quarterback Matt Hasselbuck, amongst many others. Uh, David, thanks for joining us. I know it's been a busy week for you. Not at all. uh, I'm glad to be on. So I want to start off by talking about uh, Mark Sanchez. There was so much speculation about where he might land leading up to the draft. Uh, The Redskins, the Broncos were rumored to be interested in him. And then we heard talk about the Jets being interested. Uh, Can you walk us through the week leading up to the draft, all the way through the deal getting done with the Jets to trade up to number five to draft him? Sure. It's it's somewhat of a circus atmosphere where... um you know that there are so many smoke screens out there and and especially as of the last decade it didn't used to be quite like this uh but as of the last past decade every uh, every time you look up at the television set you hear uh people talking about it and and every time you turn on the radio in your car you hear people talking about it so it's become quite a scene i i, I remember calling mark at one point and we were going over some things and I looked up at my TV and I and I told him, you know, listen, I'm really getting tired of you. It's watching you complete that same pass for the 50th straight time. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's. Uh, uh, I, I will tell you, uh, it, it's crazy and it's and it's great having it over with. I'm sure. Uh, at what point did you know the Jets were going to be the team? I mean, as an agent, you're sitting there, and and I think our audience would find it interesting. Where are you? What are you doing? How much control do you have over where Mark Sanchez is going to get drafted? Who's going to trade to get him? All that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I would love to say that I have have more control than I do, but I don't have very much at all. I think that that Mark has a ton of control with how he performs in in this process during February and, and March and early April um, as he's going through his workouts, as he's getting on the board with with offensive coordinators and head coaches, and as he's visiting the team and and getting to know the owners and the owners' families, and and Mark is particularly adept at that. He's just he just has a very very good personality, a very easy person to get get along with, and uh, so he controls it, and, and his arm does far more than my, my voice ever could, and and you know then it comes down to. To what's the right fit for the team and what they want to do, and and we uh, we were thrilled that it was the Jets at the end of the day. 
Maybe you can talk about that for a minute, what you just said. Uh, the business has changed so much in the last few years, and the due diligence that these teams are doing, almost the surveillance that they're doing on these athletes before the draft has really risen several notches in the last few years. Well, I think it's risen concurrently with the rise in, in the economics. And so it used to be that if you're spending a million dollars on a first-rounder, then then the the cost and the cost cost benefit and the risk reward is you know was was not all that significant well when you're spending 70 some million dollars on somebody then it does become more of an issue and and so you know they uh, boy by the end of the process they know what mark had for for breakfast and what his favorite color is and everything in between and and um and I would do it too if you're going to buy a 50 or 100 million dollar machine um, as a uh, as a uh, an owner of a machine co- corporation, you're gonna make sure darn sure that that machine works and 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 that there's nothing wrong with it. So I don't blame them for doing that. So Mark Sanchez to the Jets in New York, the number one media market in the country. He's coming from the number two media market, USC. He's on TV every week. A very high profile program. He's a good looking guy. He's a well spoken guy. I see he's uh, tweeting. I'm following him on on Twitter, and uh, you know he's got interesting things to say every day. So he's embraced social media. Uh, this guy seems to be a perfect fit for the Jets. I saw this week they sold a boatload of Mark Sanchez Jets jerseys. The sky should be the limit for him. What are you doing to work with him to, I guess, maximize his off the field opportunities? You know, he, he is a perfect fit, and and you have to have a, a certain attitude. I've learned over the years to um, to uh, Deal with the uh, with the fun and the obligation that that market brings. Um, I will tell you that that uh, my my approach to to marketing for players entering the league may be a bit more conservative than most uh, uh, rookies, especially at the quarterback position, can struggle in the early going. And there's nothing more distasteful than watching your quarterback. Uh, Messiah throw three interceptions in a game only to walk outside the stadium to to that quarterback selling everything under the sun on billboards. Uh, so my philosophy for the most part is to let the player's performance in the field lead him into the marketing arena. That's what Mark's going to be doing. You know, he, he just started his mini camp um, just about as we speak, and he, uh, you know, he's going to be on the field, on the board, in the film room, and not doing much else over the next few weeks. With that being said, I would imagine that your phone has uh, rang a few times this week with probable uh, opportunities for him, right? Oh, yeah. No, this, this is going to be one of those. There are, there are some some situations where you really have to, to work hard to actively pursue things, and there are other situations where you're like a catcher catching pitches, and we're, you know, we're, we're catching a lot of fastballs at this point, and... Uh, again, we're going to be conservative. I'm sure we'll do some things with the appropriate uh, uh, link-ups in the New York City area, but but um, but we're going to be very careful with what we do. I mean, this is a business show, so we talk about what some athletes mean to their owners and to the franchise. And I look at the Jets, and Brett Favre was their guy last year. He was the face of the franchise, even though it was only for one year. It looks like they needed a face for their franchise. Look, they're trying to sell PSLs. They're trying to sell seats. They're building a new stadium. Mark seems to perfectly fit that face of the franchise. And then 
the NFL seems, you know, it's kind of a flavor of the of the year type of league. So last year, Matt Ryan of the Falcons and Joe Flacco of the Ravens, two rookie quarterbacks, do very well. Now maybe teams are saying, well, look, we could stick a rookie quarterback behind center from day one, and he can get us to the playoffs like those guys did. Sure. No, that that's that's. Uh, I think that that Flacco's and Ryan's success, you know, provide you with a lesson, which is that. Uh, if you do good things on the field, the, the, you know, then you can uh, derive some benefit from it, you know, derive some award. Um, and uh, it, it was funny, Mark and I and his family were walking through the Jets facility and they have this big, oh shoot, 50-yard long mural of their fans in the stands. It's just a, a bunch of photos of fans in the stands from last year. And there were probably, as we walked along these 50 yards, 200 number four jerseys, uh, you know, staring back at us mm. on, on these fans, and you could tell what uh, what an impact Favre had on the on the community last year. And you know, so Mark has a lot to live up to, and and the best thing that he can do to live up to it is to to get on the field and do well. I'm joined by David Dunn. He is the president and CEO of Athletes First the agent for new New York Jets quarterback Mark Sanchez, amongst many other NFL players. Uh, Let's talk about something other than Mark for a moment. You know, we talk on this show about the economics of the NFL, and there's been a lot of talk lately, especially in the last two weeks with the draft, about the possibility of a rookie cap in the NFL. The guaranteed money that's being paid to rookies has gotten higher and higher every year as an agent. What are your thoughts on a rookie cap? I would imagine you're probably against it because it could take money out of your pocket. But where you mean every year this is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's more pressure on these GMs and owners to get it right because if you blow a top five pick, it could really set you back for several years. You know, I'm I'm not as opposed to a, a rookie cap as as most in, in my industry are, uh, and and. Yeah, that's for two reasons. One, selfishly, I represent a lot of veteran players as well, and and it's not as if the owners are going to keep the money. They they'll just spend it in a different manner. They'll spend it more on veterans. So that to the extent that that uh, a top five player, Aaron Curry or somebody, gets gets less money, then then Ray Ray Lewis will get more money. So it's just a it's just a different configuration. Uh, of, of, of the puzzle, and the, and the second reason is that compared to, to every other industry, it's, it's somewhat illogical. Um, you know, seniority has always had its place, even in sports. And in basketball, you have a rookie wage scale. In baseball, you have a term of years before you can hit arbitration or free agency. And so, um, it would seem to fit with this sport, um, but you know, but of course, uh, you know, Mark Sanchez isn't going to argue with it. Certainly, at this point. Well, and you're in an interesting position because you're also the agent for Kellen Clemens, who Mark Sanchez is going to compete with. Kellen is a quote-unquote veteran. So I'm wondering, A, how do you handle that? And B, do you ever have any of your veteran clients say, man, how come that guy's He's never played it down in the league, and he's getting more money than I'm getting. Oh, you you have that happen all the time, you know. And that you know, Jason Smith, who is the the second pick in the draft this year, who I do do not represent, uh, and Jake Long, the first pick in the draft last year. I think they're probably the two highest paid linemen in the league, um, and they were paid that sum, uh, or will be paid that sum before they play it down. 
So of course it's very odd. And and as as for the Kellen Clemens, uh, you know, for for uh, for him and for Mark, um, they're both great guys. They're both very competitive. The decision as to who plays and when will certainly not be made by me nor by them. Um, it'll be made by Rex Ryan and the coaching staff. And and uh, you know, I, I found over the years that sometimes representing. You know, two quarterbacks in a situation is great because they can, they can, you know, they're going through the same thing at the same time. It's sort of a, a boot camp mentality. But what happens if Clemens comes to you and he's not the guy and he says, you know what, I've been here for a few years. First they put Favre in front of me. Now they're putting this guy in front of me. I want out of here. Then do you try and help him get out of that situation? Sure. You know, after after counseling him and, and talking through the the the, uh, uh, the issue, uh, to ensure that it's a, a an analytical reaction as opposed to an emotional one, uh, but yes, I mean we're, we're we have a a, a duty to our clients to to affect what they want to uh, to have happen, and uh, you know, and if, and if that were the case, uh, that would be the case. I, I know that uh, at this point, Kellen's pretty darn competitive and wants to, you know, and wants to uh, wants to get out there and play. I'm joined by David Dunn. He's the president and CEO of Athletes First. David, the NFL collective bargaining agreement, it's going to be renegotiated in the not-too-distant future. From where you sit, what are the main issues that will be argued over when the sides sit down? You know, I, I think that there are a whole, uh, a whole host of them, and, and my hope is that the uh, reasonable heads do prevail and and certainly by the rhetoric from from both sides in the past month or so uh you know it, it appears as if there's not that drawing a line in the sand uh, uh you know type of type of environment as i've seen before you know and, and it really you know, it's, it's uh it's a it's how you split the pie it's it's not it's not not horribly complex. It, that doesn't make it any easier to resolve, but it's just how you split the pie and how much how much goes in the players' pocket as opposed to the owners' pockets. And, and um, you know, and, and there are all sorts of sub issues that go to that major issue. But it really is, you know, how, how uh, you know how how much you can stretch a dollar and how how you split it. So, someone like yourself, who's a major player in this industry, as far as the players are concerned. Do you sit down with Demora Smith and uh, weigh in with any of your thoughts? You know, I would love to at some point, but but he's got you know I'm certainly not going to complicate the situation. He's got a bunch of uh, a bunch of advisors advising him, and and he has awfully good instincts, and I'm thrilled with his uh, with his election. Um, uh, really am because it will uh, you know everything that I've heard about him has been uh, has been extremely positive. So. Uh, but yeah, you know, to the extent that he reaches out to me or, or we find ourselves in the same setting, you know, I'd, I'd love to to share my my viewpoints of the last couple of decades. But uh, but uh, it, you know, it, it's I don't think that this is all that complex. I think it's just how you you know how you sort of figure out the Rubik's cube here. I would imagine one of the issues that will be discussed is the length. Of the season, and I'm hearing some of that back and forth about: uh, Do we cut the preseason? Do we add more regular season games? Do we just take more games off the schedule altogether? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, obviously, if you're going to do that, the owners are going to say, "Well, we want to pay the players less," and the players aren't probably going to be too happy about that. So, <laughs> right. you know, I don't know how you figure that out. But as a, as a, I guess if I put myself in a fan's point of view, 
I would rather see more regular season games, less preseason games. And, uh, you know, if they cut down the schedule by a few games, I'm probably not going to be too disappointed. No, I think that's right. I think from a fan's perspective and from a team's perspective, it's very, very clear what would make sense, which is that you 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 play a few more meaningful games and a few uh, few fewer of the uh, of the less meaningful ones, and 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 then it just becomes how you compensate the players for that additional work uh, because it's more strain. It takes years off of their careers, you know, all that type of thing. So, you know, they're. It, it's again, it's it's mathematics and economics, and it's just figuring out how you do that. I don't think that that the commissioner or, or the league would suggest something like that without the realization that you have to to pay a few more dollars at the other end. David, while I have you, last question for you. There are so many people that have seen the movie Jerry Maguire, and they think that being a sports agent, it's a sexy business, lots of money, fast cars, luxury hotels. Set us all straight on what it's really like being an agent, because I know agents, and I have ties to this industry by doing this show, and uh, they paint a very different picture. Well, in the, in the last uh, in the last week or so, I've I've uh, taken a couple of red eyes and coach. I've <laughs> I've had my my uh, three year old throw my phone in the toilet. Not not very, not very good timing on that. No, uh, and. Uh, which was quickly resolved by my, uh, my my by my staff, thank goodness. And and you know I've I've talked to uh, to owners of teams to Woody Johnson while changing my two year old's diaper. So you know it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be. I have to say it's a lot of fun and and the guys I work with are great. So I wouldn't trade it for the world. Well, it sounds like one of the morals of the story is to keep your uh, phone and yeah. electronic devices. I have a four year old, so I, I have the same rule. You don't want to have your your children playing with those devices, no, especially when you it, need them. They're dangerous hands, and they always they don't end up going into dry or, or <laughs> unmessy places. They end up going into the worst spots. So I agree with you on that point. Well, David, congratulations on a really successful uh, NFL draft, and I uh, hope you can kind of decompress now a little bit, and I'd love to have you on again in the future. I'd love to be on. Thank you very much. All right, take care, Brian. You too. Guests appearing during our Sports Sense segment will be treated to the gold standard of all steakhouses, Morton's the Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. For the Morton's nearest you, go online to mortons.com. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. We live in an age where everything is on the record. What we say anywhere, whether it's in an elevator, in an email, or during a conversation with a reporter, is now being broadcast instantaneously on YouTube, in a blog, or through the mass media. It's easier than ever to spot someone who has been traditionally media trained and is just giving you that same old boring PR speak. I want to help you navigate the tricky media landscape. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form Evergreen Media Training. Evergreen Media Training assists individuals and groups by offering unique preparation and training catered to your specific needs. From explaining today's media environment to providing you with post-training, monitoring, and feedback, we'll guide you every step of the way. With nearly 40 years of combined experience working with some of the biggest names in the sports industry, we'll help you communicate your messages honestly, thoughtfully, and from the heart. For an overview and a list of services, visit evergreenmediatraining.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. The NFL's New Orleans Saints this week officially committed their long-term future to New Orleans. 
signing a new lease agreement that will see the club stay at the Superdome through 2025. The deal, which could save the state of Louisiana in excess of $280 million compared to the current lease, ends years of often tense negotiations between Saints owner Tom Benson and state officials. Part of the deal, the Superdome will undergo an $85 million renovation project that includes adding 3,100 lower bowl seats, additional luxury boxes, and a club lounge. Bobby, you know, we've talked ever since Hurricane Katrina about the possibility of the Saints and the NBA's New Orleans Hornets moving away from New Orleans. It makes sense that the Saints stay. They have a shorter season. There's only eight home games. Football is more popular than basketball. I'm still not convinced that the Hornets will have a long-term home in New Orleans, but we'll see. I think it's a better bet that they leave before the Saints do. I mean, it's just it's not feasible for them to stay there much longer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We will continue to watch this story, but it's good news for fans in New Orleans that the Saints will be sticking around for the foreseeable future. All right, lots of thank yous on our show this week. David Dunn, he's the president and CEO of Athletes First. Thanks to him for joining us. Our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harris, and Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, Moose Tracks Ice Cream, the new sponsor of our Sweet Success Segment, go on to moosetracks.com, click on the store locator. Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Morton's The Steakhouse and Evergreen Media Training. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast every week. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com and click on the podcast page. If you have a submission for our new Sweet Success segment and you've got a winning sports business strategy or promotion that you'd like us to feature during that segment, drop me an email at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. Enjoy the NHL and NBA playoffs. I'm Brian Berger. Have a terrific week. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000. The year before you bought the Mavericks, they were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday. <laughs> Or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Greg Oden of the Portland Trailblazers supports the Ronald McDonald Houses. I'm a big fan of the houses. Happy to help them make a difference. He helps because he believes every hospitalized child should be near their family in tough times. And everyone can support this home away from home. When you purchase a McCafe Espresso drink or premium roast coffee, McDonald's donates a portion of proceeds to Ronald McDonald House charities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. A little change can make a big difference. 
Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. Saturday. That's why you're a smart business person. <laughs> or at sportsbusinessradio.com. 